This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon, this is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Juliet Jacobs. Grayscale is a film told through the eyes of filmmaker Evelyn Tay's 79-year-old aunt who is living alone and growing old in a gentrifying neighbourhood and whose hardships become more evident due to the pandemic. So the story presents the quiet struggles among the elderly in their quest towards independent and dignified ageing. And today on the show, I'm going to speak to Evelyn to discuss her film that is part of this year's Freedom Film Festival and the issues presented in it. Just so Everyone knows Freedom Film Festival 2022 will screen films that bring diverse and critical perspectives on the theme of pandemic duodarjat or pandemic of inequality and that are often missing from the mainstream. Welcome, Evelyn. How are you today? Hi, Juliet. Good afternoon. I'm very good. Thank you. Lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. So uh, I just I haven't caught the film yet, so I'm waiting to see that you know when the festival kicks off. Um, but maybe you can share a bit about it for me. But based on what I could see, you know, from the trailer and from what I've read, this is uh, somewhat of a personal story for you, isn't it? As it involves your very own aunt. Uh, can you tell us all about it? Yes, Irene is my own aunt, and the story follows her life. Um, she's living alone. She's not married. And in the neighborhood that she's living in, has been gentrified. Uh, she literally grew up there. She was born there. So basically the house is probably older than she is. Wow. And yeah, and she lives with multiple health issues as well. And have been thinking about, you know, the increasing precarious life when she enters 80 next year. I mean, this year she entered 80. We actually filmed her when she was 79. Sure. Uh, because of the pandemic, the, the making of the film was a bit extended. Mm-hmm. So her sister and her nieces will come and visit her once a while. But due to COVID, um, that social contact has stopped for many months due to the different phases of movement control order since 2020. Mm. And the story features the unseen solitude life of the elderly woman amidst the frailty of her physical being while trying to still live a life in the city that has changed so much in her lifetime. Mm -hmm. The highlight of the story will witness how an elderly person like her who lives alone uh, adapts to and gets around the pandemic. And even before the pandemic, her neighborhood, like I said, has experienced a gradual process of gentrification um, where all of the homes are hollowed out of families and replaced by businesses. Okay. It must have been quite tough for your aunt, isn't it? Um, because that's probably the only home that she's ever sort of known, isn't it? That's true. And her sense of place and identity has been tied to, you know, that neighbourhood. And yeah, when I ask her about where the neighbours of these houses, and she'll tell us that you know, some of the elderly have passed away, um, their children have moved out of that city. So, yeah, and and gradually, like I said, businesses come in. And so when businesses come in, they're really busy during the day. And at night, it's really quiet and eerie Mm -hmm. to an extent. Okay. All right. So, gosh, it must be quite a lot, very confronting for her and a lot for her to deal with, isn't it? And, I mean, you you were, of course, uh, one of the recipients of this year's uh, film grants by the Freedom Film Festival, right? Why did you think it was important to tell your aunt's story? Well, I think that the understanding of the aging population is often presented as subjects of social economic studies and those which often reduce each individual into nameless and faceless data in the statistics. So the nuanced struggle of the elderly population living in a highly urbanized society have not been given as many platforms to be heard compared to other vulnerable populations. And their sense of identity and connection to space and place, including the social 
capital in which they live has been largely excluded from the dis discussions around inequality. So while the country is um, focused on preparing for a robust economic recovery, the aging population, which are typically not part of the equation, often falls through the cracks mm. and their silent struggles continue to worsen. Hence, I believe the Freedom Film Festival is one of the few platforms in Malaysia that could potentially shed light on this issue, generate critical discussion and present an opportunity to reflect on the premise of humanity in the city. Okay, and um, when you, you know, sort of set out to make this doc uh, documentary, right, what did you want from it, you know, when you made it? What were your sort of hopes for it? Well, when I set out to make this documentary, I really hope that the film will help people, the audience, visualise and reflect on how the urban environment we live in fundamentally determines how our future would look like. I intend to demystify city design for the general audience by making the issues relatable. Then only we can begin to understand what and who is at stake and how we can do better. As for town and transport planners, architects and policymakers, I hope this film will help them humanize the blueprints that they draw and the policies that they draft. And we hope that everyone will be watching this film could relate to this story in one way or another. And this could be a story of our grandparents or their parents or their friends, their neighbours. And eventually it is a story about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And what exactly, uh, what, uh, can you tell us, you know, what exactly you've covered in the film, I suppose, you know, for anyone who's going to come and watch it? Well, through her lived experience, the documentary short film will highlight the isolation that she faced through the pandemic lockdown while providing a glimpse of the digital, digital divide typically faced um, by the elderly when, you know, they enter places to shop and eat. Back then when we still need to scan our mice, yeah. Uh, because at one point, uh, writing on the record book was um, taken away. So that was one issue. And then um, also her struggle with the vaccination program. Because um, someone with multiple health issues like her uh, is not a suitable recipient for vaccine. And that... Um, as she walk out of you know her house, she's always going to be very aware of um, catching the virus and not being protected from it. Yeah. And I guess all these examples um, raise a question about how the world is entering into a new era, and quite rapidly at that. And it leaves the elderly wondering if they're still able to catch up. And and also on top of that, they are almost always conscious about how their days are numbered. And this affects their thoughts and decisions of how they situate themselves in the society and whether they still deserve to be part of this future because of their advanced age. So I guess this film is just to show um, through my aunt's life that not, there is not necessarily a need to feel disempowered by it because as you watch the story, um, one of the biggest takeaways that I get was how resilient and resolved she is to live independently as far as she can. Mm. and But then again, I feel that as as society, as in public policy and planning, we need to um, come up with enabling environment to help them live the way they want to, even though they are a bit older than before. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have a smartphone, right, your aunt? That's what you were saying, right? Yeah, she didn't have a smartphone. And then we were following her. Um, she was going to do her grocery and we managed to catch a scene where she was actually denied entry because mm -hmm. she doesn't yeah, have a smartphone to scan the MySajatra app. 
So there and then, <laughs> we went to buy a smartphone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all in the film. Yeah. I hope you guys will watch it. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw that little bit, you know, I think a little bit of it was in the um, in the trailer, isn't it? I just felt for her. And she's one of, you know, many, isn't it, who you know, just left behind and not thought about, you know, when this policy came out, isn't it? All these elderly and lucky she has you, you know, imagine those folks who don't have anyone to sort of like go out and immediately buy her a smartphone after that, isn't it? Can you see those things? So yeah, so many, all these cracks, you know, and all these people falling through those cracks. And, you know, like I said, you know, I've only seen the the trailer, but already it was so compelling for me, you know, I really can't wait to watch it. How did you think about it? You know, how did you balance those social issues that you're trying to bring up in the film, but with also a compelling narrative, you know, something which I always imagine is not very easy to do it's true it's quite a challenge and being a first-time filmmaker and also someone who thinks about this story um, from a quite academic technical point of view <laughs> I try to you know move away from you know making the subject so cut up and dry mm. so by telling the story through her eyes and follow her around as an observer helps a lot it's it's like what people say you know let Trust, trust the process yeah. and gradually the different layers that revolve around her life will start to emerge and make themselves visible and you'll see that they all start to make sense and the line starts to connect the dots start to connect but most importantly I think when I'm featuring a story about someone who's personal to me and anyone else in fact um, I must always be conscious about preserving her privacy as much as possible and respect the space that she needs and how much how much she wants to reveal in the film and whether she's okay with doing certain things or not yeah. while not taking away the authenticity of the film. And it's also, as an observer, sometimes when she's struggling with something, um, but also as a filmmaker, I it's really hard to stop myself from intervening. Like There's a scene where she's struggling with her smartphone, but I have to keep filming because I want to be an observer rather than interfering and yeah, so so it is my personal struggle as well. Like sometimes I'm a filmmaker, sometimes I'm her niece. Yeah. So yeah, it's that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Must have been tough, isn't it? And she was probably like, why is this girl not helping me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so sometimes over the, over the one year of filming, I think we sort of strike an understanding that I would film as much as possible and she doesn't need to do too much. Right. Um, and yeah, then I'll help her yeah. after that. But I guess it has brought... Um, my aunt and I closer because of this film and I'm really truly thankful for this opportunity and was she quite open to it I mean when you when you I guess pitched the idea to her as well right was she quite like open to like you know having you just like I don't know invade her space in that sense <laughs> yeah it, I, I imagine if someone were to come up to me with that proposal I would say no <laughs> um, which she did um, she did say no immediately she she was quite perplexed by the whole idea because she thinks that her story is not not fancy, not oh, worth telling. Right. Like it's just ordinary. Why are you so fascinated with my life? I was so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So she said, Oh, give me a day to think over it. She wants to sleep over it. And the next day she called me up and she said, Yes, uh, she would like to help me out. And and one thing she said was, uh, this is perhaps the last thing that she would do for me. Oh my goodness. How did how did you feel after she uh, said that? Ayo. <laughs> It's a mixed feeling, like you feel happy but sad at the same time because, you know, when she said that the the issue of mortality is like in your face yeah. Yeah. and you know that this is going to immortalize her, which is great. But I also tell her that, you know, you're doing 
everyone the society a favor because with by telling a story you never know what kind of change that it will inspire Okay, well, I'm glad that, you know, this film has been made. And you mentioned earlier, you know, some of your greatest takeaways was the fact that, you know, how resilient your aunt is, right? But any other takeaways that you'd like to share, you know, from making this film? I suppose um, from the city point of view, uh, we we are not designing a, um, with consideration of the denominations that need um, the most support, like children, women, elderly and the disabled. Uh, the city is designed in such a way that it's an economic machine. And the most important part is, you know, you move um, cars a lot of times instead of people. Um, you don't have a good pedestrian walkway. And even something as small as how long the traffic light stays red for people to cross. Yeah, yeah that needs to be considered because not everyone walks the same pace. Like my aunt was literally sprinting for her life when the rest of us could just briskly walk across the road, you know. So so these are the things which I think that um, urban designs and social policy makers should really take a very um, incisive look into how the city is today and how we can um, have interventions, incremental changes that will make things better, understand who are the society and the community that lives there and be proactive with the changes. We we don't want to see changes only when something bad happens. Right. And yeah, in Penang, there's quite a few like road accidents that involve elderly where people beat the red lights and we take this for granted. But for elderly who needs to make that trip every day to maybe buy their food or go to the clinic, it's literally a, a journey of life and death. Yeah. I mean, not to sound too dramatic, but it literally is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, we are an aging society, you know, we're, uh, we're heading towards an aging population as well. So, yeah, definitely our policies really need to uh, take all of this into consideration. Um, and I suppose, you know, is that what you hope the documentary will achieve? You know, that it will enact some change. Uh, it will make uh, urban planners, urban designers think about, you know, how we need to prepare for that future, that, inev- that future that is coming or is almost already there, isn't it? That's true, Juliet. And um and I and I want to put this challenge out there to social policy makers and urban planners to look at existing neighborhoods instead of putting ideas into new build swanky, you know, fancy development neighborhood and call it a day, like call this the smart city or green city. But look at what's existing right now. And I think it's a more complex but compelling project to do. And you need to work with, of course, local leaders like your Adun or your MPs to make this happen. And I guess through this story also, I I was hoping that it would highlight the hidden inequality, um, not just in the elderly. I guess, you know, as you watch the film, I think different people will have a different takeaway from all this. And I would like to bring onto the table a more serious discussion about aging in place the concept of where elderly people are supported to remain safely and independently in their own homes as they age, as far as possible, so that they can retain the connections uh, with their friends and family in their community instead of being shipped off to a you know, nursing care. Mm-hmm. So my hope is for urban plans and social policy again to consider the concept of aging in place as one of the top priorities in their designs and Basically, ultimately, I want to imagine a new normal that does not leave anyone behind. And for that to happen, um, we do need all hands on deck to seize the 
opportunity to build back better for everyone, including the elderly. And like you said, um, Juliet, it is our future. Um, a lot of people can relate because there will be um, elderly who are living alone yeah. moving forward. Our population is not growing at the rate that it should be. And um, I'm also quite concerned about how a lot of people today are actually not um, financial, does not reach the financial capacity to retire comfortably yet. And a recent report by EPF has stated that um, only probably 3% of Malaysians are able to afford comfortably, and that has not considered the healthcare expenses yet. Right. So it, it is a big looming problem. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Evelyn, for joining me today and for sharing all of that. I mean, I think there'll be, you know, lots of food for thought, you know, from uh, after people, folks can watch your film. And uh, your film is going to be screened as part of the Freedom Film Festival uh, on the 16th of September. Am I correct? That's right. Yeah, from 5 p.m. Yeah. Will you be yeah. Will you be there as well for a Q&A after? Yes, I'll be there and, and look forward to see everyone there. Okay, excellent. So the Freedom Film Festival is running from the 9th to the 17th of September at PJ Life Arts Theatre at Jaya One. Grayscale will be screened, as I mentioned, on the 16th of September. So that's a Friday. It's a public holiday, no excuse. Uh, folks can head there from 5pm. Uh, if you'd like to attend, you can get your festival pass. Um, entry to all festival screenings and events is strictly by registration. You can do that via CloudTix. Just head to cloudtix.co, search for Freedom Film Festival. Everything is there. Or just head to freedomfilm.com my slash FFF2022. Everything, all the information you need is there. Find out how you can get your festival pass and your tickets to watch the film. My thanks again to my guests. I've been speak I was speaking to Evelyn Tay, an urban design researcher and filmmaker. She was talking to us about her film Grayscale. If you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always download the podcast at bfm.my slash front dash row, or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Front Row on the Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.